Capcom presents. What is this place? Not quite your ordinary house, that's for sure. Well, it's been a long time, but we're back with the official Capcom Unity podcast. Greg Aman here. I'm joined by... Uh, Brelston. And Yuri. Welcome, guys. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we used to have a little podcast here. Um, we did several episodes. I think we did like 10 or something like that. Yeah, through 2012. We and, did uh, uh, pretty much 10 episodes. Yeah, and then we just, uh, for, for a variety of reasons, we kind of put it on ice. We never canceled it per se but uh you know we just oh got super busy we <laughs> had kind of a, a change up of roles uh for each of us uh but we finally gotten things back in order a little bit uh relatively speaking and uh we have decided to revive it and uh in the spirit of revival we've also um incidentally announced the return of the Resident Evil remake of Yore. You guys may remember this game. Resident Evil on the GameCube, uh, which later came to the Wii, and we just announced it for uh, next-gen consoles plus PC and glorious HD. Plus current-gen, Plus current-gen, so oh. you can have it your way. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we had a lot of revival stuff on the mind lately, the podcast, the game. And uh, we just thought that would be a convenient way to uh, tie in the theme of this uh, week's podcast, which is revivals. It's an it's a increasingly common thing in, in, in media, be it games or movies. We have uh, all sorts of reboots, uh, long, long-awaited sequels, reworkings of brands, spins off. It's, and it's an interesting topic. You know, it comes up a lot. Some people have a, a natural aversion or gag reflex at the very notion of a of a, a reworking of a beloved brand. I, I don't think that the Resident Evil remake fell into that. I think that was pretty much unanimously welcomed because it was so faith it's a combination of so faithful to the original and uh, uh, an improvement over the obvious flaws that the game had being such an early game and one of the first of its kind. But you know nowadays, you see a lot of uh, game, game and uh, movie revivals uh, spurred more by you know what seems to be uh, you know businessy reasons like uh, just cashing in on you know recent fads or zombies per se. Like they had a big coming back into the thing. Not not necessarily like yeah. Well, you know, like uh, Evil Dead. Evil, Evil yeah, Dead yeah. had their remake. Carrie had its remake. RoboCop. <laughs> uh, you know, total Re total recall. There's dime a dozen now, um, and then games. We've we've actually had a lot. Um, so the revival of the typewriter and ink ribbon is that what this is? Well, I mean, <laughs> let's get into it, right? Like, so, I mean, uh, it might make sense to just talk a little bit about what this Resident Evil remake is all about. What is this thing? Well, it's a video game. All right, it's powered by silicon chips, and well, not this version. It's digital, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the original GameCube remake in uh, 2002, it took a game that we all knew from 96, Resident Evil 1, and, like, embellished on the mansion as it existed then and added new rooms and elaborated on some of the core ideas 
that were already there, but then also like drastically improved the visuals, the the audio, the ambiance, just everything was was improved, and it became I think even to this day like kind of held up as like the remake. Like when you want to talk about games being remade, I mean it's even known as remake. Partly because of the convenient RE at the beginning, but <laughs> it, yes, very clever. It's still uh, it's still just like even. I think it's a, a great barometer for other remakes in video games of like, here was the 96 one, here's the 02 one. Measures wind pressure. That's yes. My footnote. Um, uh. But like it added all kinds of little things like uh, defense items. Uh, so like when you get grabbed by a zombie, there's a couple of essentially get out of jail free cards where like you have a defense dagger and you'll like chuck them mm. in the head. Or right. And... Uh, just move some items around, cleaned up the story a bit, uh, obviously recorded new dialogue. Um, but yeah, just an overall improved experience. And I mean, I played the original when it came out, like like the day it came out, I was there and bought it and nice. struggled through because it was pre-internet days. There was no fact. There was no way to know what to do, shy of having another friend playing it. And <laughs> uh, at the time, no one else I knew was playing Resident Evil 1. It was such a new like untested thing like I just didn't grab a lot of my friends so I after getting through that I didn't really touch them for a long time so then when I finally did play the GameCube remake I was like oh holy crap this is like this is it this is the survival horror game that's kind of become the standard bearer for like what is hmm. a lot of fans favorite Resident Evil so now the new one uh, that's coming out is an enhanced version of that game it's the, the 2002 game you already liked, but uh, has crisper visuals. There's some enhancements going on with the backgrounds. The character models have been updated and improved. Uh, 5.1 surround sound. Uh, digital on Xbox One, 360, PS3, PS4, PC. Um, there four, you go. 4x3 original controls, or you can do uh, an analog stick control style where you actually move the direction the oh, stick cool. is pushing. Actually, and I know about that. You can switch it to a 16x9 mode, which does... It doesn't really zoom in. It it just crops uh, to fit the screen, 16 mm. by 9. But then as you move, the camera will scroll up or down to follow you. Okay. Ah. Uh, it's not like this zoom in, zoom out thing. Like as you get closer to something, the camera gets tighter. It's not like that. Mm. Yeah. It's hard, kind of hard to, to describe. But there's an image on the site that illustrates it. Yeah, that, that little diagram on Unity. Yeah, right? yeah I think it still will come across helpful. better when you see it in person. Because it was a thing when we saw it in motion. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. And it's uh, and then if you don't want any of that, you can turn it all off and just play four by three tank controls. You're fine. Hook it up to your CRT, you know, have the old experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you have <laughs> composite <laughs> cables for your PS4, <laughs> I do think uh, looking back at that, uh, just the GameCube version, even it really is a testament to how significant that technology jump was between PS1 era and the the following era. To where it's like you go back and play the PS1 era version, uh, the PS1 version, as it were, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like you, you're filled with nostalgia, like, man, this was such a big deal at the time, it changed things so much for games, but it's it hasn't actually aged that well, you know, there's a lot of goofball dialogue, everyone looks like giant rectangles, uh, you go back and play that GameCube one, it's still just about as impactful as it was when yeah. it was new, you know, to the oh, point yeah, that like, it's yeah. so salvageable that we can ba just, like, re-release it and, like, touch up the visuals, and it's still a compelling No, I think package. it's totally... Uh, yeah, I think there's still merit in, like, this idea that, like, oh, you can't do fixed camera angles anymore, and that's why 
I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I, I personally, I just don't feel like the idea of, like static camera angles are like so totally gone that like, oh, this is such an outdated thing. And because I saw some people commenting like, oh, why would they, why would they bring this one back? This this old style is gone. I mean, this game was good, but like, you know, why why? Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like, well, one, it's to make it available for anyone who didn't play it who did want to. Right. But that's not a business savvy reason to do it. It's like, oh, maybe there's a few a few thousand people who feel that way. <laughs> I you need to still sell it to many many times more. Uh, people um and i think the i like the static camera angle thing is now so gone mm -hmm. from games in general it's like almost entirely absent at this point like you've got to really dig through i think some indie games to find things that are doing similar stuff right right um that it's almost unique again so when you play hopefully this inspires people when they when they play this for the first time or maybe never played the old Resident Evils. Maybe the four was their first one, and they only really know four, five, and six, and then everything since then. That's mm -hmm. that is another entire generation of people mm. um, that you would play this and be like, "Oh, this isn't some archaic, old, outdated thing. Yeah. This is actually a compelling way to, you know, as a director might like stage how you should see each room. And there's some rooms in the in the in I just keep saying Resident Evil because it doesn't have an actual new name it's still just resident evil mm -hmm. uh japan's calling it like hd remaster but in i still like to stick with remake remake capital yeah. e in there uh, <laughs> yeah there's still rooms in there where like the lighting like there's dynamic uh like when the lightning goes off and cast shadows on stuff or oh, yeah. a hallway where you're running and there's a flickering flame at the end and the shadows are dancing around it's like mm. this this still because i didn't play it till very recently on like during a break when i was back visiting family uh, and played on an old TV I had 12 years ago. It's still sitting in that house. So I played the GameCube remake on, an, on a CRT TV and was like, in just like two years ago. And it was still like, this is really good. Like, this looks really nice. And the new one looks even better. So I, I'm definitely excited. And I really encourage, not that anyone <laughs> listening to this isn't already interested in that game, but like, it really is a... Uh, it's a definitive experience for sure. Well, yeah, I do think it is probably the definitive uh, example of that genre. That see what like after the success of the original, the genre got super flooded, and then it was kind of like they just like swept all that off the table and like forget all this crap. Here's the best of what this genre has to offer. Here it is. Yeah, there were a lot of copycats back then. There were. <laughs> oh man, including but some of names our own. Not be uttered. Oh yeah. And speaking of better, <laughs> I pulled some samples uh, of, of some of the more choice lines of dialogue from the original Resident Evil and, uh, and then put them back to back with their remake counterparts just to sort of highlight that uh, step up in audio fidelity and acting goodness. Okay. Uh, so this is an experiment. Let's see if I can... Quit stalling. All right, here we go. All of this will be cut. <laughs> All right, here we go. No, we won't. Yep. Stop it. Don't open that door. Classic. That's a great one. Jill, no. <laughs> you don't want to go back out there. Ah, much more like, uh, there's like nuance there. Even though Jill, no, is yes. pretty, pretty abrupt. <laughs> what else we got here? What is it? Blood. Hope this is not Chris's blood. Ah, yes. We all wish him well. What is it? Wait for it. Blood. <laughs> Jill. See if you can find any other clues. I'll be examining this. The drama. Let's just hope it's not Chris's. 
Ah, well, hang on. Pause it, it might for a be second. Handy. All right, hold on. My favorite thing was how the clock calmed down big time. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but then also, like, it, it's weird. Like, the remake's efforts to, like, oh, yeah, the hokey lines from before, which were part of the charm uh, and gave it that B-movie vibe. Uh, the new one remake was definitely trying to go for like no 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 this is like this is serious this is a serious like legit scary thing and and it, most <laughs> time it is but it's one of those games where again like it tells so much with just pictures mm. and imagery that when even when the dialogue can come in you get like I'll be here examining this with what your portable DNA <laughs> kit like, <laughs> like what 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 are you Barry Burton going to determine from <laughs> uh, it's still blood you know, does it smell like Chris's blood. Uh, <laughs> It's not as much copper in this as I would have expected. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was like his his thing in Stars. He was like the the DNA guy. Yeah, I'm sure that's. Oh what my gosh, his uh, yeah, President Beard leftover paper scraps that <laughs> might have detailed that. I don't know. So <laughs> wait, let's see if we can get back into that next one. That's eh, fine. Here's a lockpick. There we go. It might be handy if you, the master of unlocking, take it with you. Infamous line. Oh, I almost forgot. It's a lockpick. You'd make better use of it. That's, kind of that that's better, you know, like, I never understood, like, the master of unlocking is not the same thing as a master of lock picking. That just means, like, someone who just has keys could be the master of unlocking. Yeah, but it's also, like, how unprepared is the master of unlocking to not have a lock pick? Also a good point. <laughs> like, and it's just such a weird, like... It's just such a the weird thing to to say to be the master of, like the, well, right? <laughs> Hello, uh, you know, ostensibly police officer training woman, who is like <laughs> on her first real big mission, like out in the in the field. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Oh, you're also the master of unlocking. Yeah, surely it's that's not so like common practice for like a special forces unit that's armed with like heavy artillery. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's good to have someone pick? who is good at. Th- I, I don't know. It's just such like, a weird you know, like C four charges. It's and it's an attempt to like further humanize and like develop the character, but doing it in the most blunt and direct way. Like, mm-hmm. oh, did you know you're the best karate fighter in the nation? <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh, okay, we've established you're the best karate fighter. It's like because I said so. <laughs> it's also I can just like when I hear that line in my head, I can picture the Japanese because it's this specific grammar form that it, people routinely have trouble translating in English, where you have. Just like a long, basically a whole sentence that is a just like an adjective. Okay. That was too close. Oh, yes. You were almost a jibble sandwich. (laughs) That was a close one. A second late, you would have fit nicely into a sandwich. It's like a, you know. He delivers that way too pleasantly. He's still very, yeah. I mean, he's pleasant in both versions. You can, uh, you know, chalk that up to just being Barry. Right, but, but like that, <laughs> the remake one is like like he's got a smile on his face and like eh. he's oh eh. he's trying to make her cheer up, you know she's shaking, fit nice. But like imagine if someone a, said that to you, like you would have fit nicely into a sandwich. Are you a robot? Well, yeah, if you I just, mean it's kind of like oh I want to make you feel better, so how about yeah. I call you a ham he or gets a piece a, of meat <laughs> or cheese? He just <laughs> he just saved her, so he gets a pass. I guess. I guess. Uh, okay. All right. Is there? But that's, why is Greg defending Barry? That's like, one of the. I like him. I like. I like Barry. <laughs> He's the uncle we all wanted. <laughs> he is. I love. I love him in Mercenaries. Uh, like Mercenaries 3D, the uh, Super Patriot oh, yeah, outfit. Yeah, finally gets a. That's right. Just that goofball outfit. Uh, but uh, that's one of the few ones where like they actually retained the gag. Like, 
Master of Unlocking, hope this isn't Chris's blood. They reworded a little, and this is still right. like you would have fit <laughs> nicely into a sandwich as some kind of improvement on you were almost a Jill sandwich. Yeah. Right. It's like right. that's actually a wordier way to make the same joke. Yeah. Huh. It's just uh I don't know. I think that he he sounds a little more like he's not just reading a script. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the delivery is the delivery is there. And uh, I think we got a Wesker one here. How come both Umbrella and you can intimidate him by taking his family as hostages? Oh boy, Umbrella. How come? Well, I intimidated him, but it had nothing to do with Umbrella. I just used him for my personal purposes. Man. You and Umbrella took his family. You bastard. Oh. Umbrella. Well, I used some carrots and sticks to cow him, but it had nothing to do with Umbrella. I just used Barry for my personal interests. Man, That's I like, love that. Like, uh, it's like the same line. Yeah, but it's like so. First of all, it is weird that they preserved personal interests. Like, yeah. what? What? <laughs> 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 what does he mean exactly? But two, uh, that. Tra that change from I intimidated him uh, to I used some carrots and sticks to cow him. Yeah. Man, that is like mwah, some localization dude yeah. earned his check or do that. <laughs> Car <laughs> carrots and sticks. It's like yeah, you know, like when you have you're trying to lead a horse. Right. There's but the phrase is usually like I dangled some carrots or prodded them with a stick or something like. Carrots and sticks. It's it's either one well, or the I other. Think the, I think the. I just I've never heard carrots and sticks used as like a accepted way to mash two, uh, you know, t the two together. Uh, I think. Uh, well, Greg, so, Greg so maybe fix it. Maybe he I like used it. carrots. Because here, first of all, intimidated is not really the right word. It's like no, coerced wait. or yeah. yeah, yeah. Blackmail but, but wait, wait. Is what like, so some so maybe he's doing. He's talking about in general the whole plan, right? So maybe uh -huh. he used carrots in some situations. Like, oh, this is appealing to you. Do this appealing, for me. Appealing, is it? And uh, carrots. Oh All right. And right. then he used sticks in other situations, as in, like, the, the blackmailing. And right. It's just, so that, it's just that that is not a phrase. Well, yeah, I get it that it's not a phrase, but like, maybe he tried to it's make it. Well, one. it's not a phrase, <laughs> but it's a, it's a concept. It's a valid concept. Uh, very good. Hey, Jill Sandwich wasn't a phrase before the game, and now it is. No, but I can. You, you <laughs> were that was deleted <laughs> quite brutally. Yep. Uh, anywho, so that's Resident Evil. But uh, you know, there have been there have been that's like a very clear remake. You know, it's very it sticks very true to the original. Not quite one for one, but you know, all the key beats are in there. Uh, just bigger and better. Uh, but a lot of times what happens is, you know, there'll be some shift in, in the market or whatever, and they, they sort of rework a brand in, in a more subtle or complicated way, and we see that a lot lately. But also, like, it, it came up recently in, uh, I think it was Ask Capcom on our, on our forum, uh, people talking about the Mega Man IP and all the various uh, sub-brands of Mega Man. And it raised a really interesting question about... Uh, you know, which of those are considered spin-offs? Which ones are the quote-unquote main games in the series? Hmm. And, uh, I mean, a lot of it came down to a semantics argument where it's like, well, how do you define a spin-off versus a main thing? Can a main thing not be a spin-off? Um, but, you know, the fact remains, like, Mega Man is a brand that's it has been kind of a chameleon over the years. It started off as a pretty basic 
action platformer in a time where it was pretty much nothing but action platformers. And then there was X, which was, it seems like a pretty clear upgrade. People were arguing that that's not a spin-off, but a sequel series because it continues the canon. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that Does that mean it can't be a spin-off or it isn't a spin-off? I think people just tend to, I think a lot of it came from, like, not wanting to view your favorite one as a spin-off mm -hmm. because the spin-off has this connotation of being lesser in some way mm. when it's like, no. <laughs> like, it's not lesser. Like, that's on you if you think spin-offs are inherently less valued than right. the thing they right, came right. from. Frasier is a spin-off of Cheers. Like, what does that mean for Frasier? <laughs> Who cares? Like, it's it, Frasier is Frasier and Cheers is Cheers and mm -hmm. Battle Network is Battle Network. Like, yeah. I think it's generally accepted, though, that there's two timelines, that there's... The timeline that is classic X, Zero, ZX. Legends. And maybe Legends is at the very end of that. Mm -hmm. That's still kind of like maybe, probably, sort of. But, mm -hmm. but also might be its completely own thing. But there's suggested materials all, all over the place that do point that way. But then there's also Battle Network and then Star Force, which are seemingly completely divorced from that other mm. series. So Battle Network almost comes off as like, this is a for real spinoff because... This isn't the the core, like, the game began as, like, I'd say Legends was the first spinoff, I guess, because the series identity up to that point was a 2D run-and-jump action game. Mm. And if that is Mega Man, and I do think that's what the large majority of people who, when you go up and say in a bar, oh, Mega Man, oh, I love <laughs> Mega Man, that's what they picture, right? They yeah. picture run-jump shoot. Right. Yeah. Whether, whether it's X or Classic is kind of irrelevant. It's like mm -hmm. that's the Mega Man they know. I bet it's definitely ZX, though. Half the <laughs> half the people I know from home wouldn't even... You could show them a picture of Mega Man X, and they would just say, hey, cool, Mega Man. They would not mm -hmm. even bother making the distinction. Like, right, right. That's definitely a bubble we live in as games people. Like, yeah. The yeah. average person in the middle of nowhere who buys whatever games a year mm -hmm. like does not bother making that kind of... Nit you know, I wouldn't say nitpicky because it is different, but... Uh, <laughs> But then that, to me, makes Legends a spinoff. That makes Battle Network a spinoff. But then as those become their own series, it's like, like, in, in network network here in like oh four oh five was huge. Like it was yeah. huge in Japan and it was huge here too. So then it's like, well, what is a main game? It's yeah. Like, well, for the duration of Battle Network, you could argue Battle Network was the main series because it had sure. toys, a cartoon, right? Tons of releases. He was on the anniversary logo. Yeah, he was. No, that wasn't that Star Force? Star Force. Well, what? Well, the Star Force was on one as well. Twentieth anniversary had both of them, I think. Right, but yeah, uh, I remember there being like a logo head like with Star Force. Uh, so was that the main series at that time? Well, I mean, they yeah. were kind of interconnecting, but then like yeah. it was just more like you could argue that that was the main series because. Classic and like X still had X7 and X8 roughly in that time period, but like classic Mega Man was just gone. Like right. yeah, 8 was years behind, and yeah, you had uh, Powered Up, which I love, and is sort of a reboot retelling yeah. in mm. a way, which there is also one of my favorites. It's still like, well, classic Mega Man was not the the, the front center guy. It was yeah. it was Battle Network. So it's like, and then you came in, I think, uh, hilariously and pointed out like. <laughs> None of these terms exist in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> this is completely this irrelevant. This is all moot. Yeah, this Everybody is, go this home. This is all of us arguing. <laughs> and you yeah. know we will not all agree because it's a forum. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's just, I mean, ultimately, I think the bottom line is when when the series are rebranded like this, it's it's never because they put 
the narrative first. You know, the narrative is kind of an incidental thing for games. Ultimately, a game is a game, especially for a Japanese company, especially for Capcom, which is, like, super mechanics-focused and mostly does action games. Um, so, like, even with Mega Man X, ultimately, I think they were trying to find a way to breathe new life into the IP, you know? Um, it wasn't... That discussion of let's make Mega Man X was not born, and I won't say for sure, but this is my my guess, is that it was not born out of a desire to... Expand the story? Expand the story, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like, we, we want to make this a little cooler and appeal to a, a broader demographic while also not alienating the existing one. So we'll call it Mega Man X. It'll be a lot like the original, but it'll be cooler, and it'll be like this rad ninja-like dude, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that's kind of the truth behind any sort of revival or rebranding is that, uh, you know, they're trying to either be more inclusive or just, you know, take the brand in a new direction and see what, see what sticks. In more recent history, we've had, uh, stuff like the Bionic Commando. Bionic Commando is interesting to me because we had both a remake, which was very, uh, akin to the Resident Evil remake in that uh. it was almost one for one. It's still one of my favorite games and that entire generation. A resounding excess. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, and then we also had the 2009 3D, the 3-boot, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Scratching my head over With here. Mike Patton, because it's 3D, and a reboot. Right. That's what that was about. But it wasn't a reboot so much. Well. Because, like, it kept rearmed plot. We'll say revival then, maybe. Like that's it's definitely a that's kind of the question of the podcast because it didn't erase like this is now the first game in the battle in the Bionic Commando mm -hmm. series. Right. No. Um, I will bring up that uh, the 3D one was announced before Rearmed, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, they were both kind of like, and then Rearmed was like, oh, we're Re also working was on this. Ultimately, kind of a promotional tool yeah. for Bionic right. Commando 2009. Uh, it was just the best damn promotional tool <laughs> ever really conceived. Was. Um, 2009 yeah. Bionic Commando. Yeah, maybe it reboots the wrong term. It's Cause, certainly cause a revival. Because re Rearmed is like, Rearmed is arguably the reboot there. Because mm. it's a remake, but it is kind of retconning the story to a degree of like, sure. well, the arm is not a bionic attachment, but rather his actual arm. Yeah. And well, and if you think about it, the original English version of Bionic Commando already retconned the story from the Japanese one, which was all about oh, yeah. uh, a certain dictator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is dictator bison? even the right word? And Terrible bison. man. No. <laughs> okay. We'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh so then 09 BC mm -hmm. continued kind of the story set forth by BCR. Yeah, right. true. And let's not forget <laughs> the comic that went in between. Your chain of command. <laughs> let's not indeed. <laughs> <laughs> you I both forgotten never. about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll uh, say. But it's, uh, you know, it's cool because it gave them a chance to, I mean, like, whoever thought Bionic Commando would ever be any kind of big-budget 3D game in the modern age, you know? It was a thing I fantasized about as a kid. Well, not, a totally. kid, not as a kid, because I was already a teenager, like, by the time N64 came around, mm -hmm. I was 16. But I remember thinking, like, with a friend who we both really liked Bionic Commando as, as little kids, and we were just thinking, like, man, it'd be so cool, a 3D Bionic Commando because Mario 64 had just right. come out, and you're, like, th imagining now every game you ever played in 3D. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're like, man, imagine running to the edge of a cliff and just, like, jumping off, but you have an arm. And Mario, you just kind of, like, fall forever. And it's like, <laughs> imagine being able to, like, 
just shoot an arm out at the last second, catch something, yeah, swing, and like in your head. Saves. Yeah, the close saves are what the game's all about. So like right. having it in your head, and then it would be mm, over ten years till like, <laughs> that would that actually occur, and it would be and many Spider-Man games in between. Yeah, and that's <laughs> also true. But yeah, it did. It, the Spider-Man games, like Spider-Man Two, uh, based on the movie, and then obviously things like Web of Shadows and. Uh, well, the many Spider-Man games in between, then when they finally made like a swingable Manhattan, mm. it did slightly take away from that sensation of like being able to freely swing from things, mm. but not entirely. Because when you play BC09, you s- the, the thing you don't get is like Spider-Man is super agile and like glides on the wind, and you can really feel this nimbleness come through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even Web of Shadows, like cool little animations of like sliding up the side of buildings on his knees and doing all these cool flourishes right, in the air, right. whereas 09, well, like, when you swing, you feel the heft and the weight of that character. Oh, yeah. Like, I still assert that underneath all of the 2009 trimmings, like, the the big, very serious story and Mike Patton <laughs> voice acting, <laughs> not that he's done a lot of games, but <laughs> underneath all that, it's still very true to the spirit of Bionic Commando. You know, that's sw- the swing mechanic is... Um, very skill based, you know. I think the yeah. the Spider-Man one is much more about empowering yeah, the player. The Bionic Commando yeah. one, uh, you are empowered when you use it well, but that's on you. And that yeah. is most Capcom games. That is like, yeah, that is like, pretty much Japanese games in a nutshell. You have to be good at them to enjoy them. <laughs> well, I mean, that's to me like, the more I've worked here over the years, like it's really reinforced what I consider. And I mean, played games my entire life. Some of my earliest memories of my life are Atari 2600 and figuring out what is this thing. But as I get older, my definition of, like, video game just starts to become blurred and, mm-hmm. like, almost I'm getting nitpicky as hell about it. Because, yeah. like, I play something like... I'm trying to think of good examples here. But, like, I don't know. Like, playing all the way through <laughs> Mass Effect, all of them, or... Uh, or something like an Assassin's Creed, or something like that, and I'm like, these are great experiences, and I'm putting a ton of time time into them, and I look forward to the next one. But I'm also, but I seem to be looking forward more than because of the world and the characters, mm-hmm. hmm. not because I'm like, man, it was, the gaminess of it is it yeah. was disappearing, and that's and then working at Capcom simultaneously while I'm discovering like I love these experience-driven mm-hmm. games, but working at Capcom reinforced this idea of like. Being surrounded by Monster Hunter and Street Fighter, <laughs> those are games. Those are like through this through. is a, th- a game that you is you have to have a skill mm-hmm. to improve, or you will not see the rest of the game. Yeah, right. Like, this is not here to entertain you; it's here to challenge you. Right, right. Totally. And I think, yeah, I think I, that's there's merits in, to both increasingly, sides. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that is an increasingly large disparity between Japanese and Western games. Western games are like fantasies or simulations you know red dead redemption is just the it's the definitive cowboy yeah, yeah, yeah. simulation you can do all the things you would want to do as a cowboy uh, whereas monster hunter while it is kind of a simulation of the hunter it's all it's all very video gamey yeah and it's like we're not gonna we'll give you all the tools you need to succeed we're probably not going to explain the tools to you <laughs> but well, you're a hunter you should know come yeah. on but yeah, then it's ask like, other hunters. Ask other <laughs> yeah. So, and then same thing with Street Fighter. It's like, yeah, you can jump in, mash some buttons, and be mm-hmm. okay at it. But it's like, 
do you want to go and play other people and beat them? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to practice, and you're going to yeah. have to learn why you're winning and losing. Which, yeah, yeah right. It, now that we're talking about it, I think that makes these games particularly conducive to ha- you know fostering community followings. You know, yeah, uh, because there's so much. To there's learn from one another, yeah. you know. It's there's not information just like to exchange. You're all there's going on the same roller coaster. It's like you're all playing right. the same carnival game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're trying to learn how to cheat the <laughs> <laughs> cheat that damn carny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other other reboots or revivals we've had. Uh, DMC is an obvious one. That's um, there's been a lot of debate about what the exact positioning is. But again, you know, I just look at it as they're they're trying to tap into the potential of that brand to make it a, a little more inclusive and reach people that it wasn't reaching before. Um, and you get something that is, uh, by turns, completely different, but also super faithful. And I think uh, I've just been playing DMC and DMC4 back-to-back, and uh, it's just uh, remarkable. You know, you look at the combat and how it's so influenced uh, of DMC, and how it's so influenced by the previous games, and especially DMC4. Uh, and you can see Itsuno-san's influence as a creative director, uh, but then just looking at the actual design of the world and, and that sort of uh, you know Western-style ride that it's taking you on, and uh, it really is this fusion of East and West that I think is really hard to nail and super awesome that they did. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, uh, Capcom hat... Us- taking off completely side like I feel like that is a great example of two different philosophies of the mm-hmm. experience driven thing and the purely gameplay driven thing really coming together it's because by the end of the game you're like oh wow I actually like this Dante as a character and yeah. he grew and he changed and there was a story yeah. that I, I was on the ride for but then in between all of those plot points was this really rewarding skill based game that the more I paid attention to why I was doing good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm the more I was rewarded for doing that. Right. And just the high-level game is still just, like, mesmerizing to watch. You see these high-level uh, combo videos, which are, a lot of them are coming out of Japan, which is gratifying for me to see. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it's just as mesmerizing and dazzling to the eye, seeing these guys, like, use all these crazy jump cancels and buffering these charge shots and detonating the enemy at the last sec. I don't know. It's... It, all these gestures. Not doing, break, not not doing him justice now. to describe. You can the combo see what videos. he's doing. It's <laughs> I'm actually enacting the whole combo. That's no, really. You should get down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, like, uh, just one more that I wanted to bring up. Uh, if since we were talking about Resident Evil Four, uh, if you look back at Resident Evil Four, um, which certainly isn't what I would call a reboot or a spin-off, but it is a reworking of the basic, a lot of the basic concepts of the series. So. I mean, I don't know what the best term is. I, w- I would say reworking uh, fits that game, but like, it's an interesting related thing that happens with games where you know they still see strength in this main canon and even preserving this spot in the in, in the uh, you know numerology. You know, it's still four, but they also see the need to change basic elements about it uh, in a in a big way. So the way I see Resident Evil 4 and kind of I can almost draw a parallel to Mega Man X really just because like it was it was new tech right so it was like from the NES to the SNES and then like Resident Evil Hmm. was PlayStation 1 PlayStation well GameCube and then eventually PlayStation 2 
But the thing is, like, the, the Super NES allowed for the uh, bigger stages. You didn't have to, like, have them all blocked into, like, smaller sections. So, uh, so then Mega Man X can now move faster. You know, dashing is a thing. And then, like, mm -hmm. you can have more intricate boundaries. So now you have slopes and all that. Um, and in the same way, like, the, the new tech probably allowed Resident Evil to get away from the fixed camera angles and explore the sure. world in a different way. Mm -hmm. So, I, I don't know, did it, do you see that sort of parallel? <laughs> I mean, I just don't think it really qualifies into reboots or remakes in any way, so I'm... <laughs> uh, well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, yeah. it's a related point, though, is that it's not a reboot, it's not a remake, I mean, but it is a right, re right. Yeah, I think it's a reworking. I mean, it is, but I think like that came from years of... They'd done one, they did two, they did three, they did Code Veronica, they'd done the remake, and they'd done Zero, and mm -hmm. then there's all that early footage of four of what it was going to be, mm -hmm. and then it's like, they felt like they struck gold when they found this formula, and are like, this has more legs than mm -hmm. trying to do another one of the fixed camera games, which sure. at that point had four of them in the can, plus two, right. plus the two GameCube ones, so it's like... At some point, it's like the numbers are there, and we gotta do we gotta do something to shake this up, which is just yeah. also ironic because that happened. The gameplay shakeup happened not long after the movies started coming out, so it's like the whole brand identity for Resident Evil. Like as of two thousand two, the GameCube remake mm. came out. The first movie came out, I think, in 02. So then from O two to O five is I think two Resident Evil movies plus RE four. So in the span of only like two or three years. This thing that had been the fixed camera zombie game was now this big time selling, critically mm -hmm. acclaimed. Not that the other games weren't weren't those things too, because they were. It was just like, I think people got so used to them that it was like, oh, there's another Resident Evil. Okay, here's three, cool. Mm -hmm. Here's oh, Code Veronica. Because I was working in retail by that time, and it was like, the difference when two came out and the hype around two was way different than the hype around three, which was way different than the hype around Code Veronica. Like, mm -hmm. by the time you get to the fourth game in anything, it starts to just trail off a little as far as the, the frothing at the mouth, uh, <laughs> Ikaruga sure. GameCube cover art. Whoop de doo. Uh, well, and that's where I think that it, you know RE4 is relevant because uh, whatever you decide to do, there, there's that point where an IP starts having diminishing returns and people are basically posed with a, a choice. Do you either retire the IP for a while? Do you reboot it completely? Do you change the formula but I mean, not I'd, reboot it? I mean, I look at Metroid Prime as one of the best possible examples. Oh, yeah. This is a thing where there was not a Metroid game for eight years. Yeah, eight years. So then it's like, well, do we bring this brand back? It's been so long. Right. Like, yeah, we know there are fans, but like, we are a million people going to line up for this? Or is 500,000? Yeah. Like, what's the scope? How, how far should we trust this? And then Nintendo going with Retro to make... Yeah. We're going to reimagine it as first person, and of course, the, the internet wasn't... You know, it was out of its infancy, but it was still very much like... You get to see the first time everyone flips out over something, and I think Prime being revealed as a first-person adventure shooter game was the first time I really remember seeing the internet just lose its mind. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, really? It's not out. Like, you are judging something you haven't played <laughs> or seen. And Although, I think the takes the cake one for all time was the DMC4. <laughs> when it oh, was, yeah. When it was merely announced as multi-platform. Like, oh, it'll be on Xbox also. 
Like no, yeah. it was, and I'm like, you've got people be, get got to be weirdly me. territorial about the things they love, but uh, I think I understand that life like, as a whole on. is better if you try and be more inclusive in general. Yeah, you know, there's just, no reason to deprive a certain group of a thing if you don't have to, you know. So yeah, it's just more like because there's always going to be things you do want that don't show up, but that's not yeah. the same as a thing showing up and. It shouldn't be there. Like mm. that's. Yeah. I didn't understand. Ultimately, that if there are, if there's a market for it, then let it be. Yeah. And Metroid Prime was good. Unless it's yeah, that's yeah. So <laughs> I got, I got yeah, derailed yeah. there. But yeah, the oh thing yeah. Was like Very after good. eight years, they decided like they rolled the dice, and it's like that's kind of RE4 is like we know we don't want to let this brand go. Resident Evil <laughs> is huge, but we've done this other idea so many times. We need something hot and fresh, and like Mikami had a lot of, and the rest of the team like had a lot of good ideas. But that was just a prototype for God Hand, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of a reworking of <laughs> all video games. Uh, anyway, so that <laughs> seems like as good a point as any to close this out. Uh, in closing, uh, oh, yeah, Strider also came back. But uh, Oh, yeah. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Very good. Play that. Um, we posed this question to you guys. Uh, check out the Capcom Unity uh, podcast forum. Let us know what you think about, uh, you know, Revivals, reboots, spin-offs, spins off, whatever you got. Any sort of reworking of brands. How do how do people do it right? How do they do it wrong? Is there no way to do it right or wrong? Um, what'd you have for lunch today? Let us know. And no, I, we'll, don't, I don't need to know that. Well, I was. Well, save that. That's a bigger question. That'll be the next. Did you have episode. a Jill sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Bye.